0: Um, this morning we'll begin Ephesians chapter 2, consider the first three verses. Um, but before that I'll read the chapter then make a prayer and then we shall consider them. Ephesians chapter 2 And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should work in them. Therefore remember, that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision, The hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For though, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let us pray. Father, we ask this morning that you may be with us as your word is taught, you may open the eyes of our heart. Without your spirit, Lord, these things will just fall off
1: from our
0: our ears. We pray that these truths will get into our ears, into our hearts, into our lives. That it will accomplish much good to us, Lord. We pray that you may help help me to be faithful to your word. Help my hearers to be faithful in hearing your word. We pray that you may speak to us this morning oh lord we pray that you may strengthen us these things we pray in jesus name amen <clears throat> We come to chapter two of ephesians <clears throat> and i'd like us this morning to consider the first three verses of chapter two in chapter one we we had an overview of salvation from the beginning to the end god begins the work of salvation in the eternity past there was a trinitarian council that planned executed and applied the work of salvation and we have given we were given the explanation of how god did the work of salvation god chose us before the foundation of the world in what we call unconditional election. He predestined us for adoption. He redeemed us by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit came to be the seal and guarantee of our inheritance. And then we saw the effectual calling and all this is for His glorious grace. Salvation from the beginning to the end is all of God and it is for His glory. And so chapter 1, we saw that we should be filled with amazement of what God has done. And then last week, we considered the end of chapter (coughs) 1. Paul in his prayer makes a prayer of Christ's exaltation. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that has exalted Christ in heaven and this power is not only seen in his resurrection it is also seen in your spiritual resurrection this power dwells in you and so we come to chapter 2 and in chapter 2 he's going to talk about the things he has spoken about in chapter 1 all over again is going to explore the doctrine of salvation but in a more individual way so the same things covered in chapter 1 we are going to revisit them in chapter 2 and this morning we have a passage which deals with man's fallen nature outside of christ in verse 1 of chapter 2 he states the depraved condition of man And then in verse 2 and 3, he goes on to elaborate and describe further. And so what we have here is a description of man in his natural, natural state. This is not a flattering picture. This is a factual description of who man is. This is not a picture of man based on what the society says, based on what scholars say, based on what people in the social media say. This is a description of man based on who? Based on God. This is what God says about you and I this morning. I've titled this sermon, The Depraved Condition of Man. The Depraved Condition of Man. And we shall have three points. Man is spiritually dead in sin. Man is spiritually dead in sin, verse 1, and then secondly, man is in active rebellion against God, verse 2 and 3, man is in active rebellion against God, and then thirdly, man is in bondage to the world, to the flesh, and to Satan, so man is spiritually dead in sin, Man is in active rebellion against God. Man is in bondage to the world, the flesh, and satan. We begin chapter 2 and the words, and you who are dead. Chapter 2 begins with a straightforward statement of fact you were dead this is a statement of fact that you cannot debate about it the bible asserts that you were dead you were there is, is in past tense and so Paul is talking to the Ephesians and he's talking about their former life the subject of death here has already been spoken about at the end of chapter one look at verse 19 And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? The same way Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, we are spoken of here as those who were dead. The way God raised a lifeless body of Jesus Christ, the way God infused life into his body, the way God rose in him, risen him from the dead and sat him at his right hand is the same power that has raised you and is at work in you. We were dead. As Jesus was physically dead, we were spiritually and morally dead. Why do you think Paul uses the word dead to refer to the spiritual state of man? It is because a dead person cannot do anything for themselves. When we say we are spiritually dead, we mean that we cannot do anything spiritual for ourselves. A dead person cannot decide that they are hungry and they want to eat. They are dead. They have no spiritual life. You are not able to do anything for yourself. You may be wondering if Paul has been talking about the doctrine of salvation in chapter 1. And then you come to chapter 2 and he gives this disheartening nature of man. Paul wants us to see the greatness of God's salvation. You will never appreciate what God has accomplished unless you see yourself the way you are you cannot understand salvation unless you get a grasp of man's depravity you cannot understand the gospel you cannot understand who you really were unless you see yourself uh, as revealed from scripture the gospel is only switched to you when you understand your true condition in sin Our understanding of the grace of God is influenced by our understanding of the doctrine of sin. The reason why people cheapen grace today is because they do not have the right understanding of sin. If you're going to magnify the grace of God, if you're going to magnify the work of salvation, if you're going to adore Jesus Christ, you must understand the depravity of man. And you see brethren, You'll never appreciate what God has done for you in Christ until you understand who you really were. And you were dead. How did we die? The Bible says, in Adam, we died. When Adam sinned in the garden, we all died because sin entered the world through him. All men sinned because of one man. Yet, in obedience of Christ through the death of Christ many are made alive the wages of sin is death we died when Adam took that fruit in the middle of the garden and ate it when God was coming to search for him he feared God he realized that he was naked he blamed his wife for his sin. We we died when Adam, when Adam sinned. And we also die because of our sinful choices. And how many of us this morning can remember our first sin? When Adam sinned in the garden, his relationship with God was destroyed. In Adam all died. And it was this death that he was separated from God. Spiritual death here is a spiritual separation from God. You see, life, the life of a soul is in God, but when they sin, that life is separated from God. The world is functioning this day. People are going about their businesses but they don't realize that they are dead that their soul is separated from God, that they are dead in sin they are in a state of spiritual alienation from God the world is without communion with God The man has, the, the, man has no real life man has no saving fellowship with God man cannot know God we did not have fellowship with God but the hour came when the voice of God rang and we were made alive. The state of spiritual death here brethren means that there is unresponsiveness to God because of their sin. When someone is dead they are completely unresponsive and that is the spiritual condition of man because of the fall. Man is ushered into this state through their sin and the Bible says here you are dead in the trespasses and sins. Sin is the root of this spiritual death. This death has been brought about by sin and Paul uses here the term trespass indicating that we transgressed against the law of God. We went beyond the boundary which God has set and uses the term sin, sin to mean that we missed the mark that we did not only go beyond what God had placed but we also failed to meet his purpose for which he created us our sin and trespasses have separated us from God We are alienated from God. We were dead. We were dead to obedience. We we were alive to rebellion. We were dead to submission. We were dead to faith. We had no living spiritual nature to incline us to God. We were dead to righteousness. You were dead to holiness. You were dead to obedience. You are dead to faith Without the Savior You had no spiritual inclination at all There's no spiritual life at all You see, if you don't understand the problem of man You'll resort to strategies And plans and schemes and techniques To improve yourself And to make yourself better Man does not need quick fixing Man needs entire deliverance, entire salvation. Salvation is of God. Salvation comes to man to reveal to them their utter helplessness and hopelessness. This is a picture of man without the grace of God. This is God's opinion of man. And everything around us argues against this view of man. This is not a theory this is a fact this is God telling man that without Christ you are dead in your sins and trespasses you'll never understand life in this world apart from the biblical doctrine of man how do you explain a mother killing his four children and burning them how do you explain the murders the acts of Cruelty and robbery, oppression and the injustice that defy our imagination. How do you explain the evil that is in the world? Things that the world cannot even deal with, cannot even explain. Do do you realize that the world does not have explanation of such things? People are groping in darkness for an explanation. How do you explain the problem of... Alcoholism. Alcohol has been there throughout history. It has continued to kill people and yet scientists will say that it is, that alcoholism is a syndrome. It's a condition. It's it's simply a disease. You see, the world cannot deal with these problems. The world does not have explanation to the problem of man. There's no answer the world even refuses to see the problem as it is apart from your understanding of verse 1 to 3 you'll never understand salvation you'll never understand Christ you'll never understand yourself and that's why we cannot sweep human depravity under the carpet and expect that everything with man is fine man's greatest problem is not necessarily what he does it is who he really is their spiritual state. It's only God made manifest in the exaltation of Christ who can come and quicken man in their dead state. Our condition is so terrible that no one and nothing can rescue us apart from God's power. This is who we really are. This is the state of the world. That is the state of your lost brother, your lost sister, your lost father and mother, your lost child. This is who you were before you came to faith. You were alienated from the life of God, driven into sin by your own passions. We were deserving of God's wrath by our very nature. We lie because we are liars by nature. We did what we did because of our fallen nature in Adam. And so, when you go out for evangelism, do you rightly conceive what the situation is? That man is dead in his trespasses and sin. These two words here give comprehensively about our fallen state. To trespass is an act of violation against the law of God. It's to, go about, it's to go over the line. It's to go beyond the boundary God has set. Sin has the idea of lawlessness. The idea of falling short of the standard. The standard was set and you could not meet it. Brethren, time will fail us if we begin to record the number of times you have sinned against God and that's why we don't hesitate to say man is totally, totally utter um, helplessness man is totally depraved outside of Christ man is morally corrupt pervasively sinful and then secondly Man is spiritually dead. And then secondly, man is in active rebellion against God. Man is in active rebellion against God. Verse 2 and 3. It says, In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. He goes on to say that we are not only dead in sin, we are in active rebellion against God. That your life is bent toward darkness. Your life is in opposition towards God. You resist God. Paul is saying here that our spiritual condition of darkness can be evidence in our life. It can be seen. You're able to know it based on your life men rebel against god they live according to the lust of their according to the lust of their flesh they indulge in the desires of the flesh they're in active rebellion against god our spiritual death means that we are actively opposing god this is not a few individuals this is the whole human race this is the mindset of the world people are in sin and in rebellion against God Paul says that you once walked and then notice the tense that he uses it is in active form he says you are following following the course of the world you are following the prince of the power of the air you are carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and are by nature children of wrath when we speak of spiritual death here we eat, we drink we can think we go to work, we go to school but we are slaves you are enslaved to something that is moving along and that thing is is dragging you by it refers it to as the cause of this world. That you are following the cause of this world. What does it mean to follow the course of this world? It means you are following the philosophy of this world. The mindset, the pattern, the way the world thinks. The way the world does things. That man does not naturally agree to the gospel. You see brethren, Man's environment is meant to enslave them. Because they are walking in the course of this world. They are walking in their own will. In their own desires. They are in bondage. They are captives. When the gospel comes, it points to a complete different direction. You are following the prince of the power of the air. And so man is in active rebellion against God. And then thirdly, man is in bondage to the world, to the flesh, and Satan. Man is in bondage to the world, the flesh, and Satan. It's not done here. It goes on to say, the man is Under the dominion of the system of this world, man is under the dominion of Satan. He refers to Satan there as the prince of the power of the air. Man is under the dominion of his flesh. You carried out the desires of the body and of the mind. Paul is saying, Man in his natural self is dominated, he is directed by the urges, by the desires, by the instincts of the world, the flesh and the devil. Man is not getting his marching orders from God. Man is controlled from within and from without. This is a spiritual condition in which every one of us was before we came to Christ. Man is a slave. And they do not know that they are slaves they do not admit that they are slaves but they are heading in one direction what we have here brethren is identifiable evidence of the lostness of man we are absolutely enslaved in our natural self we've been captivated by this dominion by this direction by this influence by this power And we don't see the need of liberation. There's an entity that stands behind the world system. And that is Satan. The God of this world, the Bible says. The ruler. The spirit of this age. The evil one energizes the spiritually dead. Satan is informing the world system The evil one is behind the mindset The thinking The pattern of this world He rules through that system He controls the motive The attitude, the desires, the value That is in lost men The evil system of the world is ruled by Satan And people don't know it it is Satan who is fueling their way of thinking. one is the one influencing their way of living. And they just don't know it. This was our state, brethren, before we, became, we came to Christ. We were a disobedient race. We were sons of disobedience. We were children of wrath. Satan was our master. He was exerting his influence from the inside. Notice what he says, he says, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sense of disobedience. And that, that was, that's what makes man hopelessly lost. Because the evil one is working inside and outside. Our disobedience was the fruit of our, our life were inhabited by disobedient spirit. Romans chapter eight, verse six says, "For to set the for for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace." And then he says, "For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot." please God you see the mind is hostile to God they cannot please God and they cannot there means the ability it has no ability to please God. the world is hostile to the true God of heaven the norm of this world is evil Christ came he came and he gave himself our sins and Galatians says to deliver us from this present evil age and Colossians 1 13 says God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son First John 5 19 we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one God is the only one who can deliver us from the power of darkness. The cross is the only hope for mankind. Man in his natural self cannot choose God. He rejects God. His mind is hostile to God. Satan influences his his power on the lost people. The Bible says here that the Spirit that is now at work in the sense of disobedience. He controls their will, their desires, their passions, their attitudes. And our only hope, brethren, is Jesus Christ. We are born in moral corruption. That is why all the schemes and the plans to eradicate the problems of man they cannot bear fruit. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers the Bible says to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the likeness of God. In other words Satan compounds the hopelessness of man So that they don't see the glory in the gospel of Christ. The cross is foolishness to the world. It is foolishness because the natural man does not receive the things of God, they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. He is blind because he is spiritually dead. He's blind because the God of this world has blinded them. Satan works in the sense of disobedience. Not only in their disobedience, but also filling their hearts with sinful desires. So we are not only dead in sin, we are also captive to an alien power jesus said in john 8 4, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires you see you are dead to god you are enslaved to satan and there's only one hope and it was not in yourself we were captive to an alien power we were dead to god we fully supported the wishes of the evil one it's only god who came Enable us to repent and believe in him. And then at the end of chapter three it says, Among whom sorry, among whom we were all we all once lived in the passions of our own flesh of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We needed a savior and Jesus Christ opened the eyes of our heart. Man is in a dreadful condition. Man is, 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 is in helpless rebellion, rebellion and is under the wrath of God and men are living in this world. They are not dragged around to do the things that they are doing. They are not forced to do it. They are under that power. They are under that dominion. Jeremiah 13 verse 23. Can an an Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil. We loved evil. That, That was the only thing that we enjoyed because that was who we were. So, what made us to despise our sin? Certainly, it was not something that came from inside of us. What made you to desire the true and the living God? A change had to happen. Left to yourself, you are dead. It is God who must begin the work of salvation. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It was not your own doing. The Bible says it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. As the gospel was preached, God infused spiritual life in your soul and you are able to believe in him. The natural person does not accept the things of God. They are folly to him. They are not able to understand because they are spiritually the Son. Apart from the Spirit of God working in the souls of men, will never accept God. will never receive the Gospel. And the reason is we are foolish. It, it is foolishness. Foolishness is tied up into our fabric of our mindset. That is why the work of salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. A person can come to church all their life still go to hell because they cannot save themselves they're spiritually dead jesus says in john 6 44 no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws me and i will raise him up on the last day no one can no one has the ability we are spiritually dead unless the lord calls us by name and because of that state outside of christ man is helpless to save himself he's incapable of changing his character he cannot change his corruption he cannot recover from the state of death jesus said a bad tree cannot bear good fruit because a good fruit must come from a different kind of tree apart from the move of the Holy Spirit, we'll gather here every Sunday, you will sing hymns, you'll hear the Word of God read publicly, but you'll never be saved. God must move, the Spirit of God must move to quicken you. It's only God who can raise you from the dead. And so we are in this state, state of helplessness. The source of our redemption cannot come from ourselves. It must come from somewhere else. It must come from God. If you understand this, you'll be a prayerful people because you understand that it is only God who can save sinners. When Christians are prayerless, it means that we don't believe that those around us are dead. Or do do we assume that those people somewhere down the line they'll become believers if they continue coming to church spiritual death is a life dominated by the world it's a life dominated by Satan it's a life dominated by sinful desires why did God save you? God saved you says in verse 4 because he's reaching mercy because of the great love In which he loved you. By grace you have been saved through faith. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The power that exalted him. In the highest place. Is the same power that raised you. From your spiritual death. And as Christ is seated in the highest place. He's seated with you. And that's the reason to praise God. Nothing less than this power will save you. That's why you, our confidence is in God. Our confidence is an easy word. The hymn said, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Then I diffused a quaking ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. You see, you're guilty. You're helpless, as the hymn writer says. Lost were we. Blameless lamb of God was he, sacrificed to set us free. Hallelujah, what a saviour.